Hello, and welcome to the Archimedes podcast of the Archives of Diseases of Childhood, where we talk all about evidence-based practice with real case reports and little things to make you think. All of these are sent in by real clinicians who have based it on a thing that happened to them, uh, a case or a situation. They are anonymised, and then with that, people have gone away and searched the literature. They found what they think is the best answer to the question in front of them and combined that in a intelligent and thoughtful way to come up with clinical bottom lines. We also wonder about the practice of critical appraisal and evidence-based medicine in general and we'll start with wondering about exactly what we're doing when we put things together or split them apart. Now, you might well enjoy a lump of sugar in your tea with a fine cucumber sandwich and a round of croquet. Or you could prefer a sprinkling of the crystalline version, beaten with butter, a bit of vanilla essence, some flour, a little bit of salt and baked lightly into a shortbread, and then eating it before a roaring fire. Neither of them really has any relevance to if you should consider when you're looking at an evidence synthesis, also known as a systematic review or meta-analysis, whether it's reasonable to lump the studies together or split them into separate grains. Now, when you're considering one of the key questions in a systematic review appraisal, that is, how did they synthesise the data, it can be good to think about the amount of difference between the studies clinically. That whole idea of, you can't mix apples and oranges, um, anyway, uh, and, and also, while you're thinking about clinical difference, look at what the differences are, but, but how much uncertainty is there in each of the results that you're looking at? You see, it could be that if you're lumping together different versions of a drug, not, not classically, but, but thinking about different versions of doing the same thing. So if you're thinking maybe in the setting of neutropenic sepsis or febrile neutropenia, is it reasonable to link the third generation cephalosporins and piperacillin tabobactam, which is the, the standard treatment in the UK, because they both have the same sort of spectrum of action? Well, maybe it is, because the differences in spectrum are actually probably quite small in comparison to the differences that you're looking at across different populations, different microbiological compositions, different ages, different eras. And so lumping might be a reasonable thing to do. On the other hand, it might be that you're looking at a, a synthesis looking at family-centered care in neonatal units compared with standard care. In this case, it could be that whilst the intervention side has the same name, it doesn't necessarily follow the same programmatic elements. It could be that standard care is wildly different in different jurisdictions and areas. And so that regional variation swamps any form of difference that you're seeing elsewise and, and lumping them together was the wrong thing to do. Going back to that whole you shouldn't mix apples and oranges stuff, well, sometimes you shouldn't mix apples either. I mean, who wants a fruit salad where you've got the Granny Smith's apples and Braben's and, and those little hard crab apples that you use for making jam in? They're, they're just not right. Now, 
exactly where you put that line, where you split into the lumpable studies and the split need studies, that's a matter of judgment. The whole of critical appraisal is a matter of judgment. Your clinical expertise, your beliefs to some extent, and also the value that you're placing on getting the answer wrong, be that wrong in the direction of saying things are the same when they're not, or wrong in the direction of having too little information to come up with a really decent answer, and so not making the right call for your patients overall. Those are always going to be played into account, and the best thing to do is just articulate it. Describe how you're getting to where you're getting, so at least that any disagreements can be based upon thoughtful discussion rather than just refutation. Now, our case this time has very little to do with sugar and everything to do with baclofen. The scenario is of a six-year-old with cerebral palsy with the gross motor function classification three attempting the, the complex tone disorders clinic. He's an ex-prem who had periventricular leukomalacia and developed focal epilepsy. He's on levetiracetam and has remained seizure-free for six months. You're right, it did take me four different attempts to pronounce that word. He's got increased tone also known as spasticity in lower limbs, and it is beginning to impact upon his activities of daily living. And as is guided and as is going to be probably effective, you're talking about starting baclofen for tone management. But the lad's mum is worried because on a parent website, there was stories of baclofen causing seizures and particularly when he's got a seizure disorder that's just under control. The team went away and searched, looked in PubMed and looked really hard, looked through all of the years and came back with really not as many as I thought, 145 abstracts only looking at baclofen, seizures and epilepsy and cut down. A lot of those were bits of adult studies until only three reasonable studies could be included. Now they're of a reasonable size. They're sort of 150 kids with CP, another looking at baclofen in around about 100 or so, uh, and another more like the size that you'd think of with about 20 or so kids in it. It's a mixture of baclofen being given via a pump and in the intrathecal space and partly as a, an oral medication. So using different approaches. When they pulled these together, they're really seeing things like retrospective groups and cohorts. They're not trials deliberately looking at it, and that's what you would expect, uh, and looking to see if there was changes in the amount of seizure management. Putting all of that together they actually found that some kids got better in their seizures and went into seizure freedom with the intrathecal baclofen group. Smaller numbers seemed to get their seizures worse, and the majority that had had seizures were really very much the same. But these are older studies. They don't have everybody with the same sort of diagnoses in it, 
and they're always going to be with relatively small numbers not giving us an incredibly clear answer because of uncertainty mathematical uncertainty however putting all of that together then realistically the bottom line that Hasila Malala and Catherine Gorman came out with who are working from the Dublin Children's Hospital is that there's no strong evidence that baclofen increases the risk of seizures in paediatric patients who have a pre-existing epilepsy. They do note though that when they went digging in the background the ones that have shown relationships tend to be adults when there has been a really rapid change or baclofen toxicity and that's not the way that it's done in paediatrics and would be very carefully managed but a good argument to keep carefully managing so that's us for this time we hope you've enjoyed this little podcast on evidence-based practice if you too want to address a really complex question but do it by trying to get the depths of the evidence that you need in order to influence practice and then what you're doing is you're laying down that question so that others in future don't have to do all the hard work and maybe it'll help your CV out. Then follow the instructions to authors on the archives website, register your interest in the question and we hope get some supportive editorial advice as you work your way through. Not every idea makes it all the way, not every idea makes it through peer review, but it is worth having a go because even the process can be educational and go into your portfolios while you're at it. Until next time, thank you for listening and remember to like, subscribe and do all those things that all the proper YouTubers say. <laughs>